Hey everyone, this is Sebastian, and this is your Meanwhile in Canada News Briefing. Via Metro News Halifax, walking and drinking in Halifax, booze to be allowed on two streets. Council voted on new rules to allow booze to be served on the two downtown Halifax streets during temporary street closures this summer. Uh, the Regional Council voted on Tuesday to allow alcohol on Argyle and Grafton Street while they're temporarily closed for events. The new rules cover Argyle Street between Duke and Blowers, or Blowers and on Grafton Street between Carmichael and Prince Streets. The change comes after last year's streetscaping project, which saw the two streets radically redesigned with, room, with more room for pedestrians and less room for vehicles. The municipality gave the wet streets a dry run. <laughs> oh boy, here we go with the puns again. After the landscaping project last year, when the Downtown Halifax Business Commission held its Share the Street party to celebrate the completion, that party saw both streets shut the traffic, replaced with thousands of people and lots of drinks. Now, they're saying that you still have to get a liquor license, you still got to register the event, you have to go through everything, but it appears that they're going to allow these two streets for, for, for summer parties, which is what, you know, that's not a bad thing. Get people out walking, curtail the booze. I see nothing wrong here. We should be doing the same thing in Calgary. Good on you, Halifax. Via CTV News, Vancouver. Vancouver police seek volunteer drinkers for sobriety test training. Like to get your drink on early in the morning? Enjoy free pizza? Don't mind doing a few one-leg stands? The Vancouver Police Department is looking for you. The police force has put out the word they're looking for volunteers to get drunk on the police dime in order to train new recruits on how to conduct sobriety tests. The request is contained in an email recently sent to select members of the police department's Block Watch Neighborhood Watch program. With a subject line reading, Volunteer Drinkers Needed, the email says 8 to 10 volunteers are needed to head down to a local police station early in the morning to get a little sloshed. The volunteers will need to drink a few shots of hard liquor, no beer wine, the email stresses, and then complete three sobriety tests. Simple eye examination, a walk and turn test, and a one leg stand test. After a few hours of testing and a free pizza lunch, hopefully a strong cup of coffee, volunteers would then be driven home around 4 p.m. All volunteer drinkers would have to sign a waiver promising not to drive for the rest of the day, and they would also have to agree to conduct themselves in a respectful manner in the police building. The volunteers will be allowed to get their blood alcohol concentration only to a certain level decided by instructors, so it won't be a complete free-for-all booze fest. Only those between the ages of 24 and 60 with no medical concerns need apply. Anyone taking medications that can't be mixed with alcohol are also out of the running. Interest parties were asked to RSVP, including, their email, including in their email the drink and mixer of their choice. So I guess Vancouver PD is picking up the tab for a test. I don't see any volunteer. No one's getting paid for this. They're just showing up and getting ripped. Right on. Good on you, Vancouver. Via CBC News North, three Yukon bison died after slipping down Icy Hill, officials say. The bison were found dead early last month. Conservation officers say unusual weather led the thick ice layer. Conservation officers believe that they have determined what caused the death of three bison found near Haynes Junction early last month. I don't, I don't like dead animal news, but here we go. The bodies were discovered southwest of Aishik, uh, Ashihik Lake on February 9th by contractors working in the area. There was no sign of human interference. 
From the tracks in the snow, it appeared that a herd of bison had been on the top side of a ridge and started working their way down the hill and began sliding. Conservation officer T.J. Grantham told Leonard Linklitter, host of Midday Cafe on CBC Radio, It appears three of the bison slipped over a four and a half meter embankment before tumbling another 300 meters down the hill. Oh boy. Uh, officers say rain and freezing temperatures caused about 2.5 centimeters of ice buildup in the area. We had an unusual weather pattern throughout the winter, and specifically here in Haynes Junction, said Granham. There's a thick layer of ice on those hillsides making things extremely slippery. He said the ice is making things difficult for other animals as well. I think all the animals who are depending on those slopes are going to be having a tough time this winter. Sheep, bison, deer. Anything that's trying to get through that thick layer of ice is going to have a very difficult winter for sure. Granham said officers left the dead bison behind, which should help a few other animals find something to eat. R.I.P. Bison. Via CBC News Calgary, no jerks allowed at Pinball Bar, owner says. Arlen Smith posts sign banning homophobia, racism, harassment, and general hatefulness at Calgary Pub. The owner of a new pinball-themed restaurant is telling jerks to go somewhere else to satisfy their arcade cravings. Pin Bar opened last week at 501 17th Avenue Southwest in Calgary's Beltline and has already been garnering some attention for its unusual sign. We do not tolerate homophobia, sexism, racism, transphobia, harassment, ableism, and general hatefulness, it reads. The sign promises staff it will discreetly ask any offending patron to leave. I think in this day and age, there's people rallying and railing against what is deemed as political correctness, and you know, it's not really political correctness, it's just treating people with respect, pinball owner Arlen Smith told the Calgary Eye Opener this week. And if those people want to create a scene and sort of shout out against being respectful, then they can go do it somewhere else. Smith's heart's dancing as jerks, as he describes them, was inspired by a trip to a Seattle bar, the Unicorn, two years ago. That bar had the slogan painted on the door. And Smith returned to Calgary and installed multiple signs on, of the rules of, in his restaurant, the Palomino Smokehouse. Fortunately, we don't have to enforce them that often. I think generally people are, aren't sort of hateful scumbags in day-to-day -day life, he said. Just a reminder that when you come into the bar, that you need to watch your P's and Q's and treat people with respect. Patrons have appreciated the signs so far, Smith said. That's the line for the rules, said Smith, who added he himself has the mouth of a trucker. Swearing is fine, but when it turns to hatefulness and making people nearby uncomfortable, staff will issue a warning or a request to leave, he said. He hopes the sign creates a better environment for his staff as well. He noticed sexual harassment on the job in bars in the service industry has been quite commonplace. There have been places throughout the years where waitresses were expected to tolerate that kind of behavior, thinking, oh, it's just some customers being friendly. Well, not. It's harassment, Smith said. There's no place for it. So yeah, pin bar on 501 17th Avenue Southwest in Calgary's Beltline. No jerks allowed. Bravo. Via Global News, Canada Post owes just under $30,000 in rent to the Merville General Store. A small retail outlet that has served a tiny community in the Comox Valley for almost a century. The General Store is many thanks to the unincorporated community of Merville, population 2,240 in the 2016 census. It's where residents buy groceries, alcohol, tobacco, lottery tickets, and there's even a small restaurant. The, whole, uh, the store also hosts a Canada Post outlet, one that could soon be in jeopardy. The Crown Corporation is charged base rent of 210 bucks to locate there, and Ellis said they haven't paid that money since 2013. That was 53 months ago. Ellis sent Canada Post a demand letter in July 2017 asking to pay up within two weeks or else he would raise the rent to 1500 The Crown Agency offered a settlement of about 
6800 bucks. that was said, about a quarter of what he was owed. It was low at the time. That balance was over twenty grand. he said. In a statement, Canada Post said, We are looking into the situation and have no further comment at this time. Marvel's general store could find it difficult to stay up and running should the situation carry on as it has. Residents hope Canada Post can stay open there so they can avoid a nearly 20-minute trip down the road to pick up their letters and packages. Ellis said he's willing to settle for 25 grand and sign a new lease with a newly agreed-upon rate. That's all I'm asking for. I don't even want the full 29 grand. I will take a settlement, but they're not even willing to negotiate. And I think you can't say they lost the bills in the mail. See, I can do puns too. I can do stupid jokes on these things too. Not just the people who write these articles. Anyways, pay your bills, Canada Post. You send me enough of mine. Via CBC News, Newfoundland and Labrador. From highway crash to million dollar dream, daughter of lotto winners has roller coaster week. A single mother from Avondale, Newfoundland, just had what would likely be the most exciting week of her life, which saw her go from lying injured in a car on the side of the highway to finding her family may never have to worry about money again. Tiffany Moore was driving her seven-month-old to a her seven-year-old to a hockey tournament. No, not a seven-month-old. They don't play hockey. A seven-year-old, her seven-year-old son to a hockey tournament in Whitburn, early in the morning of February 16th, when she hit some ice and lost control of her vehicle on the Trans-Canada Highway. The car rolled three times before coming to a stop on the side of the ditch. Thankfully, her son wasn't injured, but Moore crawled away from the wreck battered and bruised with a large gash near her eye and a concussion. As she lay in the hospital hours later, she thought about how close she had come to tragedy, wondering how she would pay for a new car, but felt new appreciation for the things that would really matter in life. I couldn't believe that I just survived that, that I was still alive, she told CBC Radio's St. Morning, uh, John's Morning Show. Then there was the phone call. Everything did work out. One week later, Moore's mother and stepfather had just finished up work at the come-by-chance refinery with the responsibility of picking up $155 worth of Lotomax tickets for a group of 31 fellow Boilermakers at the plant, who all threw in 5 bucks each. Usually, the couple pick up the tickets in Arnold's Cove before heading home to Avondale, but it was in that day, it wasn't until Moore's mother made a last-minute trip to the Holyrood Irving to get milk and bread that she remembered to buy the tickets for the big draw happening that night. Moore was finally home from the hospital and woke up to the phone call ringing at 5.30 a.m. Saturday and was immediately worried when she saw her mother's number, fearing something else bad had happened. See, when you get those, like, phone calls out of nowhere, everybody thinks something bad happened, especially if you just had an accident. See, I, I do the same thing. She picked up to hear her mother crying, which is not good news, before her stepdad Lee took the phone and started excitedly reading out number after number over the phone. Mom couldn't get it out, Moore said, so he said those are the winning numbers for the $60 million lottery that we just won. We're millionaires. I lost my mind. I actually walked around the house for about 20 minutes after in shock, just pacing and not even processing it. Moore's mother told her she wouldn't have to worry about getting a new car anymore, said that she and her two sons could move into their house as they were planning to build a new home with the winnings. The 21-year-old single mom said she had set a goal for herself to make 2018 the year she got on track financially and put a permanent roof over their kids' heads. Now that her mother and stepfather will have nearly $4 million in the bank, Moore's goals are already taken care of just two months into the new year. That's a nice piece of news. You know, whenever you get an accident, people are like, wow, you're so lucky, you should buy a lottery ticket. Well, these people did. And uh, good for her. Nice to, it's good to hear a positive story once in a while. It can't just be dead animals all the time. and Just misery. This is positive. I like this. Via Metro News Calgary, they've adapted 
Moose are migrating to the Alberta prairies. Moose are running loose on the prairie. Moose are running loose. They they really like doing this, don't they? Moose are running loose on the prairies, and no one is quite sure what to do about it. New research shows suggests moose are migrating to flatland across Alberta and Saskatchewan and eating farmers' crops. Biologist Chris Fisher, who was working on a project in southeast Alberta, said he's been surprised to spot the 1,500-pound animals in areas he's never seen them before, away from tree cover where they stick out like a sore hoof. When he saw one scurrying for cover last week, he had to stop and take a photo. It just kept on chugging, chugging, kicking up snow until it found a small patch of willow the size of my truck. It started feasting on this willow and standing beside it for hours and hours, as if this little clump of trees would mask this giant form on a barren landscape and conceal it from almost an embarrassing situation of being out of place. Moose are generally known for, to live in boreal forest and aspen parkland. Fisher suspects are moving to the prairies for food in the winter where they can find wheat and grains that provide better nourishment than the twigs they feast on in barren winter forests. The spilled wheat and canola in these croplands provides like a Michelin five-star experience for these moose who are overwintering in these areas. It provides a lot, of, a lot more energy to them than their splinter would die to dried out branches, which really provides no nourishment at all. During the wintertime, basically, they are in a negative energy balance and they're just slowly starving as the winter proceeds. He says moose are sometimes called swamp donkeys because they tend to reside around wetlands, which are also scarce on the in the prairies. But according to Ryan Brooke, a professor and wildlife researcher at the University of Saskatchewan, increasing rainfall in Saskatchewan over the last decade has created small pothole wetlands where moose can graze on vegetation and cool off in the summer. And I love the name of this thing. Brooke, who is leading the Saskatchewan Farmland Moose Project, said a lack of predators on the prairies has contributed to their growing migration, as well as new farming practices with fewer people tending to bigger farms. So, and this goes on for another like couple more pages. Um, just watch out for moose people. They're, they're everywhere now. They're in the city. Even here in the hood, there was a moose at the mall and the cops had to shut them down. Uh, there was a moose at the train station here in Calgary. Uh, watch out for moose. They're not friendly. They're big. They'll mess up your car. They'll mess you up. Um, the quote from the article says, deer tend to jump fences. Moose often tend to go through fences. So just call animal wildlife if you see one. Moose aren't nice. Be careful out there. The uh, CTV News, and I hope you're not listening to this uh, while having lunch. Bugs in the grocery aisle. Loblaw adds cricket powder to its PC line. Canada's largest grocer believes Canada Canadians are ready to cook with crickets and is bringing the alternative protein ingredient to grocery shelves under its President's Choice label. A number of Canadian companies already sell various insect protein products like mealworm bolognese sauce and honey mustard flavored whole crickets. But Loblaw Company's announcement signifies more Canadians appear to be willing to munch on insects. Shoppers can now find bags of President's Choice cricket powder at their local Loblaw stores, the company said Tuesday. It's the first time Loblaw's in-house brand is selling insect protein. Though one Toronto Loblaw store sells a small selection of alternative protein products. That's just gross. I mean, I understand that in, in, in many other parts of the world, crickets are a source for protein. That just, I, I can't. Maybe in a, fan, a fine grounded powder? Uh, yeah, so it's entomophagy? 
name for the eating of insects may be related to new, relatively new to Canadians, but around the world, people consume more than 1,900 different species, according to the Food and, and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. The most frequently consumed are beetles, caterpillars, bees, wasps, and ants. Um, in Canada, insects sometimes appeared as ingredients on restaurant menu items. A Vancouver restaurant made headlines when it offered cricket pizza several years ago, and the insect was center stage at the 2017 Summer Pacific National Exhibition Fair, where the ingredient could be found in burgers and fries. Actually, I remember this at the Stampede, at the Calgary Stampede a couple of years ago. Um, they had like cricket on a stick or like cricket on something, fried cricket, something like that. It was gross. Hey, you do you. If that's what you want to eat, go ahead. Um, the farmers from North, uh, Northwood, Ontario, so the cricketer Canadian, if that's a concern to you, uh, the farm started in 2014 and has, uh, has like quadrupled in size. Uh, so they're doing quite well. Apparently, the cricket, cricket uh, powder is the, the way to go for the future. Um, and I'm just trying to figure, oh, here, here we go. Here's what you can add it to. Uh, cricket powder is, ex is really malleable, he said, and can be added to most anything people already eat. Golden sprinkles some of it on top of plain yogurt and berries for breakfast. For example, it can be baked into pizza crusts, added to pancake mix, or put into a chili recipe. The only limit is imagination. The President's Choice website features recipes for chana masala, chocolate coconut bars, and strawberry banana smoothies, all featuring the new cricket powder product. The taste varies based on concentration. A small amount won't add any flavor. Golden said. Otherwise, it has a very lovely, earthy, nutty, mushroomy type of flavor. <laughs> oh, God. Tastes a bit nutty. Anyways. There it is if you need it. If you want it, Cricut Powder is now available at all your uh, Loblaw, Fortino's, Superstore, all those all those things under the Loblaws brand. Go, go nuts. I'm going to pass. Meanwhile in Canada is your briefing for funny, strange, and odd news from the Great White North. Subscribe to get updated in what's happening in Canada. Meanwhile in Canada Briefing is a positive production of Hangar Cat Media.